We've tried to be very smart about how you put the plan together. Obviously had an off season this year, so that was different, but feel like the guys have a good understanding of what we're doing on all three sides of the ball. Now's the time to compete. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Tonight is your chance to get a detailed peek behind the scenes from team headquarters in Berea, and you'll find out how the Browns are prepping for this week's game. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Good evening and welcome into the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Nathan Zagura and the three-time, three-time, three-time Super Bowl champion Gerard Cherry with you for the next hour. Coming up on the show, you will hear from the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, and you'll hear from wide receiver Anthony Schwartz, who scored his first career NFL touchdown in the Browns' big overtime win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And obviously, we will get to the big story of the day in a second, Gerard. We will talk about Deshaun Watson, officially in as quarterback one. We'll even hear a little bit from the Browns' starting quarterback. But we have done too many of these shows to just ignore a victory on Sunday and move right on. So let's take a step back. Let's talk about the win over your pal Tom Brady, the GOAT, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 23-17 to in overtime. Gerard, what stood out to you from that game, and can the Browns build on the fact that they clutched up, their stars delivered, and they got a huge win? <laughs> you certainly can build upon that game because one of the things that you learn is what it takes to win football games. It takes a commitment, and sometimes it goes beyond four quarters, Nathan. Sometimes it goes into overtime, and with that, you match a team with their intensity. You match a team with doing the right things from playing clean football and getting the job done, and you saw the sacrifice, the amount of energy, the amount of focus that it requires of one, and I'll throw in their discipline as well to get the job done because just when things weren't going right, what you saw in this old-school field position game, which is one of the best games to get toughness and to see where you stand from a toughness standpoint, is that you have to make sure that you don't panic in moments, you don't fall apart, you don't collapse, and to the credit of the defense, to the credit of special teams and the offense, when things didn't go the right way, guys did not point fingers, but what they did when it was necessary was rally to the cause. I want to ask you, as somebody who's been in NFL locker rooms, you've been around greatness, you've been around you know, tremendous leaders, you were down on the sidelines for that game, as you are each and every game for the Browns on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network as our sideline reporter. The emotion that I was able to feel from above and then in the locker room afterwards, and I know you saw it as well, from this team for Jacoby Brissett, for what he meant to this team in his final start. I think the fact that they won, I think part of that was, of course, they needed to win. But I think there was a, let's win this for Jacoby, who has been everything we could want and more. What was your opinion on that? What did you feel down on the sideline, especially once that game was over and the Browns had won? Yeah, whenever you have a situation where you're losing more than you're winning, there's always a question of, do these guys care? Are they committed? Are they involved? What's the state of teammate relationships? Is it one in which guys actually care about each other and want to see each other succeed? And you obviously got that with the Jacoby Brissett situation. But here was something else that was really telling, Nathan, that I wanted to share but didn't get a chance to during the course of our broadcast. It was that Harrison Bryant took a serious hit. I don't know if you recall it, but he took a shot where he basically fell on his head, right? Yeah, when Antoine Winfield hit him, and it knocked Antoine Winfield out for about a half. So that was a heck of a collision. I watched Miles Garrett get up from where he was at and go check on his teammate. And I said right there, 
that's a great sign. Because if you see a guy get knocked silly and you kind of just sit there and be like, oh, well, better him than me, that tells you a lot as well. But that was not the case. You had Miles checking up on him. And then another thing that really resonated with me from just an intensity standpoint, and I love to see that this guy's taking on the role of leadership, was David Njoku, prior to the game, Nathan, was given the pregame, let's go out there and get the job done, also known as the Newt Rockney speech. And, yeah, and it, go ahead, go ahead, keep going. And with that, just his his fervor, his energy, and what he had to say, and then go out there to back it up and did that and maintain that sense of, hey guys, let's go, let's go, let's do it, let's do it throughout the course of the game was tremendous. Loved every moment of that that I witnessed as well. Yeah, David Njoku had started earlier in the week with his media availability where he became, in my eyes, one of the great vocal leaders of this team. Nobody's going to feel sorry for us. We shouldn't feel sorry for ourselves. If we want to win more, we've got to work harder. We've got to execute better. The end. And he went out there and did that. David Njoku, despite missing a couple of games this year, sixth amongst tight ends in receiving yards, ninth in yards per catch, seventh in receptions per game, sixth in yards per game, fifth in first downs, fifth in yards after the catch, tenth in receptions and had one of the best catches you'll ever see given the moment for the Browns massive. Now we don't know his availability for this week. He has not yet practiced with a new knee injury, uh, but obviously you hope to have him out there. Your leader. I think offensively it was David Njoku. It was Nick Chubb getting back over a hundred yards for the Browns. It was Amari Cooper with more than 90 yards for the third time. The last four games, the huge catch in overtime, but I want to talk defense for a second. You mentioned miles gear, one and a half sacks, huge sacks, Late in the fourth quarter to get the ball back that sets up the tying drive. One in overtime that actually leads to the game-winning drive. And that came after he got hit himself. Shaq Mason peeled off on a spin move, knocked him. He ran to the sideline, arm dangling through his helmet. I thought he was done, Gerard. For those plays to come after that, what does that say to a teammate? What does that say to the guys in the locker room? You know Miles is in pain. He's been through a lot, the car accident, for him to go out there in pain and make plays when he needed it the most. Yeah, it says to guys, step up. I can, And Miles has the liberty to sit down, not go back into the football game, and guess what? No one's going to question that. There's, no, there's not going to be any repercussions from that. But for him to say, you know what, I don't care if I'm one of the more higher paid players on this team. I don't care if I'm regarded as one of the best in the business. I'm going to go out there and show you why I'm paid. I'm going to go out there and show you why I'm regarded in high regard. And I'm going to go out there and get the job done. And when you consider the fact that Tom Brady is one of the best in the business at getting rid of the football, the fact that he was sacking him or even applying pressure was amazing in his own right. But it sends a message to the other guys that when leaders, when guys who are prominent figures on your roster show up, show out, Get the job done and put it on the line and say, hey, man, this is bigger than me and worried about my injury situation. But actually going out there and playing until I can't play no more, even through pain, that gets a tempo. That sets a mood and that creates a culture in which guys start buying in. And, yes, to answer your initial question, can you build up on that? Thank God there's no buy this week because you can certainly build upon that with the energy that you saw because now you know how to do it. Now go do it again. And one guy who did it, last thing we'll talk about in this Tampa game, MJ Emerson. We've been talking about him all year. One-on-one with Mike Evans, who's going to the Hall of Fame someday. Six targets, zero receptions. He had four passes defense in the game. He now has 11 on the season, fifth in the NFL. 
MJ Emerson, I mean, Brian Baldinger, I'm sure you've seen his tweet, the video breakdown, said he thought it was the best cornerback game this season last week. This rookie has become a gem, and he's just got that dog in him, the competitive factor. You see it week in and week out. Yeah, and it was noticeable from day one for me at training camp. Obviously, I look at the defensive backs, and I pay close attention to my former position, and I was impressed from the get-go, and as he starts stacking practices and plays and just making it from the get-go and working hard and being available and doing the things necessary to build his game, you had to be impressed with that. Then he took it to the football field because sometimes, Nate, it'll be a situation where a guy looks tremendous in practice, but it doesn't show up on Sundays or Thursdays or Saturdays or Mondays. And in his case, it's showing up. And I really do believe the hard work ethic coupled with this idea of, one, I got a chip on my shoulder because I'm not happy where I was drafted, and two, I want that smoke. I want that opportunity. I want the best player because iron sharpens iron, and I'm actually trying to be steel. Forget about being iron. And that's what you sense and get from him. You certainly do. All right. Big story, obviously, today in Berea for the first time in a long time. Deshaun Watson spoke with the media today in advance of his return to Houston to take on the Texans as the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. He's been back in the building for five weeks. This is the sixth week he's been back in the building, third week of practice. Now he is the starter. He's taking all of the first-team reps. Before we talk about the impact he may have and, and what your expectations are, let's hear a little bit from Deshaun first, how he stayed sharp while he was away. I think my biggest focus was the mental part of the game, uh, staying locked in on, on defensive schemes, staying locked in also uh, as much as I can with the, the scheme that we have here uh, with the Cleveland Browns and, and with Kevin. So trying to watch from afar and learn and see what Jacoby is seeing on the, on, on the field uh, during every Sunday. I watched every game like I was preparing myself to play. And boy, is it a good scheme. The Browns, number five in the NFL in total offense this year. Number 11 scoring offense this season. They have been phenomenal in many regards. They average the fourth most first downs per game in terms of plays of more than 10 yards. Only Miami and Kansas City, two of the most elite offenses in the league, have more than your Cleveland Browns. So Deshaun was asked, what is it that he sees in Kevin Stefanski's scheme? The biggest thing is it's definitely a quarterback-driven system. Um, and, you know, we have guys around the quarterback that can make plays. So you don't have to do anything special. Just follow the rules that he wants you to follow. Get the ball in the, in the playmaker's hands and let them do work. And finally, one of the things that you look out stands out, 68% completions for his career. That is the best completion percentage in NFL history with a minimum of 1,500 attempts. So, Deshaun, what makes you so accurate? My biggest thing is really just try to anticipate the throws, knowing where guys are going to be and knowing how the defense is going to play each and every route. Uh, if I can minimize that and try to, you know, get down the detail of how those things are going to do in certain situations, then I can place the ball where I need to be, uh, where it needs to be for the receiver to make the catch. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. All right, so here is Deshaun Watson for his career, 68% completions. We said that's the best in NFL history, 14,539 yards, 104 touchdown passes, 36 interceptions, a quarterback rating for his career of 104.5. That is the second best in NFL history behind Pat Mahomes, his 8.3 yards per attempt for his career, third best in NFL history behind Otto Graham and Sid Luckman. So the first person to do that in quite some time. Deshaun Watson, the last time we 
we saw him draw. It'll be 700 days when the Browns take the field down in Houston. 700 days ago in that game, 28-39, 365 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and a rating of 116. He is an elite quarterback, but is there rust? What do you expect from Deshaun Watson this Sunday? Well, you're definitely going to expect some timing issues because it takes time and to get those coordinations between the offensive line, center to quarterback exchange, as well as route running and timing the guy and being on the same page with him doesn't happen overnight. Now, granted, having it take place in practice and getting some experience helps, but obviously we know game conditions are vastly different than practice, but you practice for a reason. But at the same time, Nathan, I have a feeling, just a hunch, that they're going to be aggressive with him. They're going to allow yep. him to go vertical. They're going to allow him to do the intermediate stuff. And it's not just going to be simple. And granted, you want these confidence-building, dink-and-dunk, quick-out passes and comebacks and all those type of things. But I will not be surprised if they go for aerial assault on the Texans because you want to get him up to speed because, truth be told, after this, it's five games and all these games matter. But certainly, if you are going against a lesser-than opponent, why not take the opportunity to stretch it out and see what he can do? Yeah, absolutely, and you're going against a Texans team whose safeties are both struggling in coverage. 148 rating for quarterbacks targeting Jonathan Owens this year, 121 targeting Jalen Petrie, the safety. So, yes, an opportunity for some vertical shots, and, you know, they give up the most yards per game on the ground overall and a running back. So you show that play action with Nick Chubb, you're going to have some windows to throw in the middle of the field against this Lovey Smith defense that will play more cover two than any team in the NFL. Now, you're talking about a Brown team. One of the questions we're asked here in this rundown is, are we allowed to call this a trap game? I say no. no. The trap game is when you're 10-4 and four and you're looking ahead to the game two weeks down against the Bengals or the Ravens for first place in the AFC North and you're facing a team. When you're 4-7, and seven, there are no trap games. You have to prove yourself every week and the Browns can't afford to lose anymore. Right, and if you have the arrogance to even go down that path of, oh, this is a trap game if you're on that – Browns football team and in that locker room thinking that shame on you because how could you possibly think that as you just described Nathan and more importantly all the fanfare of Deshaun Watson coming back how could this possibly be a trap game yeah I agree it is not the Houston Texans not a good team they have lost six straight games by at least seven points they are one nine and one in the season the driver's seat to have the number one overall pick in 2023 but they do have some talent Jerry Hughes has eight sacks on the defensive side of the ball we will not get to see the third overall pick from the draft Derek Stingley it sounds like he will miss his third straight game with a hamstring but an exciting young corner and then off offensively you got to respect Brandon Cook six 1,000 yard seasons and the rookie running back Damian Pierce is ninth in the NFL in rushing with 788 yards, leads the NFL with 28 broken tackles, Gerard. So there is some talent here. This is still an NFL team. Right, and you can't just say these guys aren't going to line up because even when they were getting blasted by Miami last week, in which by the half the game was over with, Miami, what, 30-3 to lead? or 30 to nothing. Nothing lead, and with that, they still found a way to try to get back in the game. Granted, Miami took the gas, the foot completely off the gas pedal, but at the same time, as you said, any given Sunday, if you do not come to play and if you rest on your laurels and if you take a team for granted and they come out there with fire and brimstone, you could lose that game. I would like to imagine that we're not going to take that approach and take them for granted and go out there and say, hey, here's a chance for us to get back on track using the Texas as the example. 
and an ability to do it, I think, definitively. And I think it starts with a quick start, something the Browns have been very good at scoring on the opening drive six times. You'd love to see that continue because the last two weeks, the Houston Texans have been outscored 50 to nothing in the first half. They have just four first downs and just 37 yards of offense in the first half of the last two games combined. So you'd love to see the Browns do what the Dolphins did, put it on them big, put it on them early, and have an opportunity to get a nice win, get some confidence for Deshaun Watson and this offense with their new starting quarterback. Fans, mark your calendars for Face Off on the Lake, presented by Meyer, the first major outdoor hockey game ever at First Energy Stadium. On February the 18th, it's the Ohio State Buckeyes hosting the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets are on sale now starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. When we come back, we're going to go around the league. Still to come on the show, the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, and wide receiver, Anthony Schwartz. You're listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea Tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music, food, and drink options, along with areas for socializing. The tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. It's the Kevin Stefanski Show here on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. We go around the league now, Gerard and the Bills who take on your former team, the New England Patriots, tonight have placed pass rusher and sack master Von Miller on injured reserve. He is out at least the next four weeks. Could this cost the Bills the AFC East? I will say no. It will not cost him the AFC East. Now, if he was his name was Josh Allen, that would be a <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. It's going to hurt the cause, but it won't cost him completely because when you look at those games and granted Vaughn was on the football field when they played, it was about Josh Allen making mistakes. He gave the game away to the Dolphins. He gave the game away to the Jets. You can't do those things, obviously, and so if he plays at a higher level, not turn over the football, they play a better brand, but obviously you want you want Miller out there, but Oliver, he's a baller. He could get the job done, so you feel these guys are going to pick up the slack while Vaughn Miller's out. And not many teams can turn to pass rushers behind their top guy like the Buffalo Bills as we got ready for that game. Greg Rousseau, who did not play against the Browns, is back for them. He at that time had five sacks going into that game, second most on the team. A.J. Epinesa, a second rounder out of Iowa, will be the other pass rusher. So still plenty of talent on that team. Great linebackers, Milano and Edmonds. They've Mm -hmm. got great guys on the back end with Jordan Poyer if they get Tredavious White back. So a lot of talent there. But here's the thing. I feel like you can only say something could cost you the AFC East if you're already in first place, which they are not. not they are right. tied with the, with the Dolphins, who have the tiebreaker over them mm. and have the win uh, head-to-head so far this season. There's a team that still has not lost a game this year that Tua has started and finished, which is an incredible stat. So I think they've got their work cut out for them because I think the Dolphins are very, very good. All right, Green Bay. And Chicago Bears, there were questions early in the week. Would you see Justin Fields? Would you see Aaron Rodgers? Well, now it looks like both are trending to play. Fields putting a full practice today. The question, though, Gerard, is should they play with Justin Fields 
Do you want to risk further injury with your young quarterback, or is it important for him to get out there and continue to get reps because he is so young to the game and he still hasn't tasted a lot of success in the NFL? If it's a situation where it's – and obviously anytime you step on a football field, that could be it for you. You don't know that. But if it's one of those deals where, hey, I want to go, encourage that, allow that. <laughs> if, whatever you do, embrace that because that spreads again through the locker room of, hey, this guy could sit down, this guy could shut it down, but he's not doing that. So – I'm applauding that. I'm about that. I support that, and I think that's a good idea. Now, if it's a situation where you have a, you know you're hurt and you can't go and you're 50-50, sit down. But if it's not the case, go out there and play. And, yes, get experience. Learn what it's like to play not feeling good because, ultimately, if you're going to make a run at a championship, you're going to have to learn how to do just that. And then on the other side, there's a lot of talk coming out of Wisconsin. Should the pack be sitting Aaron Rodgers? And playing Jordan Love to get a look at him to see what they have. <laughs> I would sit him myself because you're not making the playoffs. You don't deserve to make the playoffs. And granted, though you're still mathematically in it, you're kidding yourselves. You're not going to make it. So you need to really take a nice, strong look at Love and see what he represents. But they're so boggled down. And, and I get why you're enamored with Aaron Rodgers and what he represents because pretty much he gave you football glory as he went from as yeah. you went from Brett Favre to him, and you didn't have that fall off that most organizations experience. But at some point, he's going to have to go. And at some point, you're going to have to let somebody else take over. You are, and it could be Jordan Love looked good filling in for Rodgers after that oblique injury last week through a touchdown to Christian Watson, who seems to catch one every week. All right, best game of the week that's not Browns-Texans. There are two candidates. Niners, Dolphins, ooh, baby, that's a humdinger. Mm. And Chiefs, Bengals, a rematch of the AFC Championship a year ago. Gosh, you got the revenge factor with the Chiefs and the Bengals. But you know what? I'm actually going to go with the Dolphins 49ers because, one, this is going to be a true test. And now you're going back to for the Dolphins. I mean, McDonald, I mean, you're this is Shanahan. This is your mentor, right? Yep. So, so with that in mind, can you supersede him? Can you put yourself in a place to show your team that we mean business? And if you beat the 49ers and that offense and defense comes to play, then people are going to start taking the Dolphins more seriously. Because I think you're like me, Nathan. After experiencing what we experienced with them when we were there, yep. I walked away with a greater appreciation for how good of a football team they are. Uh, yeah, they did whatever they wanted offensively, and then the addition of Bradley Chubb defensively seemed to make a big difference for them up front. They're talented. I'm pumped for that game. Mike McDaniel quickly becoming one of my favorite coaches. Every week he's got something where he's either talking to Tua, telling him that Georgia's the best team in the SEC. He just he just seems to get it the way he connects with his players, obviously an offensive savant. And, yeah, you've got that, that pupil-mentor-teacher relationship thing going on there, Niners-Dolphins. I wish the Niners were a little healthier. But, I mean, both of those games, these are two elite football games. Niners, Dolphins, Kansas City, Cincinnati. These could be, one could be a Super Bowl, a rematch of the 1984 Super Bowl won by the Niners back then when Dan Marino (laughs) was taking on Joe Montana. Roger Craig got loose in that game. Roger Craig, (laughs) indeed, for the 49ers, a 38-16 win, one of the great wins of my childhood, Gerard. I love that one. All right. If you ever wonder why they send three or four players out for the coin toss, maybe it's because sometimes it's better to have a teammate with you. That's true for gambling, too. Gambling alone can get you in trouble. So keep it social. Keep it fun and get more tips to keep it fun at keepitfunohio.com. When we come back, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, joins us. You are listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. For me, I'm just trying to make the right decision for each of our players. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. 
Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Very happy to be joined now by the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. And coach, let's just start with, you guys put in so much. It's a binary business to finally be on the right side of that binary business and get a big win. Congratulations. How did it feel for you guys? Yeah, I mean, as you know, you're, you're fighting, scratching, clawing for these things. And, uh, you know, to go out there in front of our fans and, and come away with a victory was just a, a great, great moment for our team. You know, 60 minutes plus, you know, had to get down there and, and make some big plays in, in the extra frame. Uh, so proud of the guys and how they fought. It is rare, in my opinion, to see a team rally around a human being like they've rallied around Jacoby Brissett and obviously the powerful impact he has had on the locker room it even extends to us who get to talk to him from time to time for him to get a win in that game knowing the big picture situation seeing the reaction you had towards him seeing the reaction his teammates had being in the locker room getting to observe that that was special and I know that we do this to win games period end of story win Super Bowls but there is a human element to it and and is that one of the better human kind of just stories you've seen in terms of the way people have reacted to Jacoby Brissett? Yeah, I mean, I think what Jacoby taps into uh, with this team and, and at what I see him is just he's a very, very good teammate. And I know that gets thrown around. What does it look like? You know, in the building, it's rhythming up with all of your teammates. It's pushing your teammates to be better versions of themselves. Um, it's never backing down when times are tough. And, and we've been in – you know, in this season, we've been through some adversity, and, and he has helped reframe that adversity as an opportunity. So I think you see his impact uh, as a teammate, you know, obviously playing good football for us too. So that's, that's a big part of this as well. So, you know, I appreciate the impact that he has on our team, and he's going to continue to have that impact. And, and I've no told him that, and, and he knows that. He's going to help us win this week. And how does he do that? He helps Deshaun get ready. He helps our defense get ready and scout team. Uh, so his uh, – impact his presence will continue to be felt i just want to share one quick anecdote with you so on tuesday we were on remote at buffalo wild wings he called into the show and uh, we talked about it. and you know what he said to me the most important thing is to be a great teammate he goes i, I want to win i want that's why we play but to be remembered and to have that respect because we were talking about that same vein and he said that's the most important thing to him and well he can he accomplished that after the conclusion of our about 10 minute interview remember he's just on the phone going through speakers he had a standing ovation in buffalo wild wings <laughs> and i've never seen that in my entire life where certainly in the 10 years with this organization just mm-hmm. it's palpable there's something special about him so anyway just thought i'd share that with you because pretty cool on to the Houston Texans now. Deshaun Watson is now your starting quarterback. How has it been in practice? How is he looking? And kind of now that we can take a look back, what, what was the plan that ramped him up for full throttle this week? Yeah, you know, the way we really looked at it was that spring and summer prior to knowing if Deshaun was going to be suspended, if he was for how long, you know, really getting him ready to play football. So we spent a ton of time with Deshaun, obviously Jacoby as well, but with those guys putting the offense together, putting things that he's comfortable with in, getting our players comfortable with those type of things, and, and really working hard, uh, making sure that all those reps in the spring and summer would matter. So now when we get Deshaun back, it's really been a five-week back-in-the-building uh, process. And for the first three weeks, we couldn't have him at walkthroughs, couldn't have him at, at practice, but back in the meeting room and as you can imagine you spent a lot of time in there in that meeting room and you cover a lot of ground and so having him back in there was really important uh, part of getting him ready getting us ready and then in the last two weeks just getting him reps out there obviously the scout team reps uh, with going against our defense is good just hey you're playing football You're, you're back sometimes you break into a scramble drill and you're playing football so getting that uh 
you know, off the, the for, for him what was important. And then this week just getting every rep, getting every walkthrough rep, getting every live rep. Uh, it, so it's a process. Uh, I think I go back to the work that we did in the spring and the summer. I, I think all of those are banked reps. The work that he did away from this building uh, on, you know, on himself, on his physical uh, ability, on his arm, those type of things. He's, he's continued to work. Uh, to get ready for for this uh, moment, and you know, I know everyone has asked me every which way is he rusty. You know, I think we'll see. Uh, I don't want to put anything on on the young man. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I know this. I always lean back on the work you put in and the preparation you put in, and that's what he's doing at a very high level. We'll see again Sunday uh, when he's finally playing uh, in our offense and those type of things. But I think the focus for us will continue to be the process uh, for him and for this football team. When you go back and watch, even last week, for example, there was a play where we were in the shotgun. Kareem was on the right hip of Jacoby. You ran kind of, it looks like a read option action. He runs it left. Carl Nassib sprints down the line and makes tackle. They can't do that anymore. How big of a change is that for what you're able to do just in schematically with the RPO game and with a read option game where now you know that defensive end if can't crash the way that they have been in the past? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a little bit of that. You know, Again, the balance is we're playing good offense you want to continue to make sure that you're playing good offense and then can you enhance it because listen we're not the number one offense we're not scoring 40 a game so fifth not bad well i guess mentality though you always want to get better of course but getting better doesn't have to mean being completely different so that's a great example that you bring up you know you can also you call keepers you call a, a fake and then the quarterback keeps keeps it in the RPO world, in the read option world, you don't necessarily have to call that keeper. Instead, you get it based on the look. So our keeper is going to be a part of our game, of our offense moving forward. Of course, it's definitely a big part of it. Are there things that you can do to enhance what you're already doing? Yeah, I think there are. Can you get them all done in this first game? No. <laughs> you know, So there's an evolution, uh, I think, that takes place when you're talking about introducing a new quarterback into your offense. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about this week and the defense that you're going to face of the Houston Texans. They're going to play, we've talked about it, and you did in your presser earlier this week, more cover two than anybody in the league, 23% first in the league. But there's still a majority middle-of-the-field closed team, 22% cover one, 32% cover three. How do you kind of, when you got a cover two team, we talked with Bernie, he's like, I was a quarterback, I love it. Uh, how do you kind of adapt for a team that's going to give you more of a look than you've seen really all year long? By the way, we've had some success against it this year when people have thrown it at us and just kind of balance that going into this matchup. Yeah, so like every week, you know, new challenge here. So with a Lovey Smith defense, what you're really looking at is a attacking one gap style of defense with a ton of line movement. Yep. One thing that our fans can look for and, and that we're obviously preparing for is their line movement. Whether they're blitzing or not, they're a lot of times stunting that three technique, stunning that six technique, uh, trying to disrupt your run game and obviously trying to pr- uh, pressure the quarterback in that regard and then in the back end you're right they do close the middle of the field more than it's open um, and there's some cover three there's some one there's some one pressure and then the two shows up and it really shows up right now on third down for them does it show up at times on first and second down it does but that's where it's playing the game with the quarterback to making sure that you're confident in what you're seeing because when you do get that cover two, it does have just different rules. There's different rules for the guys on the outside in terms of their conversion rules. There's different landmarks that you need on the inside based on where their curl players are and if the mic is leaving to go play the middle field. So it does present a new challenge to the guys to be on top of 
their landmarks. There's such precision in the pass game, especially when you're playing a zone defense. And cover two is that zone defense that tries to keep everything in that middle of the field. And if you're precise with your landmarks, you'll have a chance. Yeah, those seams and then hitting that corner spot between the safeties and the corners, that's where you want to attack that kind of a defense. You mentioned that, yeah, they do run a lot of stunts. They're top in the league, not number one, but top quartile in stunt run, but they're not a big blitzing team. How does that change things for you when you know that they're not going to bring pressure a ton, but they're going to run a lot of games? Right. So they haven't to date. You know, you're always you ready for, changes for a for team. Us. Yeah, yep. you're always ready for a team maybe to change the script. So we know what they've been to date, uh, which is some pressure, some single linebackers, some single yeah. nickels. But even at that 10%, 15%, you always have to be alert for it, especially on third down. So for the quarterback, for the line, and, and the running backs, always being alert because at any moment you still have to block said pressure. But it does create some issues. I think what they do, even if – you know they're pressuring, and, and it, maybe they're not even trying to disguise it. There's still that movement, that aforementioned movement that goes with it that is really difficult to defend. And I think if you're on point with your line, your tight ends, your running backs, and passing off games and, and understanding rules, uh, that gives you a chance. But at the end of the day, it really is a physical uh, matchup that you have to block this movement because it's not easy. And we got Jerry Hughes who can get to the quarterback eight sacks so far this season. What kind of a challenge is that with Yelda moving into center, knowing we've seen – I mean, the Bills ran a bunch of games against us, and certainly last week as well, when you get a guy that is new to that position in the league anyway and having to communicate and help pick those things up. Yeah, communication is important, and then just working together. You know, there's so many times you'll see an offensive line pass things off, and, yep. and if you had the microphone on, you could hear them yelling, go, go, go. The guard's knocking him onto the center, and he's yelling, go, 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 so he can go help out the tackle. So. When you have a new center in there, obviously playing next to the left guard and the right guard, you got to work very hard to make sure that those guys accelerate their ability to pass those things off, to work together, to communicate during the play. If you watch the last two weeks, you'd say this team can't run the ball, and you would be mistaken because Damian Pierce has had a phenomenal season this year, 788 yards, leads all rookies, ninth in the NFL. First 10-week season, he's averaging 86 yards a game, leads the league in broken tackles. He's you know yards after the contact right behind our own Nick Chubb physical guy and you know we're going to be tested they're going to test us on that yeah I've been very very impressed with Pierce you just put on the tape it's it's you know with a lot of players you just kind of put the tape on and, and just believe what you see and this kid can make you miss can run you over you see guys bouncing off of him yep. so this is not a one-man show to stop their run at rush attack you really have to gang tackle you got to number one be sound in what you do and then number two, you better run the football because it is hard to get this guy on the ground. we got Brandon Cooks, six 1,000-yard seasons, down this year in terms of the numbers a little bit, but still a dangerous threat in that passing game. But I want to ask about our defense and, and what you saw stars stepping up. Miles Garrett, Clowney, obviously the two big sacks in the fourth quarter overtime. MJ Emerson, phenomenal against Mike Evans. Didn't give up a catch to a future Hall of Famer uh, when he was targeted in coverage, which was incredible. But to stop Tom Brady when he's got the ball three times – with an opportunity to win, is that? Do you feel confidence swelling? Your stars stepped up. Everybody made plays when they had to. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, you, you mentioned the guys stepping up. That's what this game's about. These games are close. The NFL is is all these games are close. They're in the fourth quarter. They're one score games. Uh, guys have to step up and make plays. And you saw it on Sunday. You mentioned Miles. You mentioned JD. Uh, MJ Emerson continuing. That they kept awesome. testing him and testing him, and that's what you do to a rookie corner. Uh, and the kid kept standing up. So uh, really impressed with how our team kept fighting, kept the team in that game. I mean, the, our defense kept our team in the game so that our offense could go make some plays at the end. 
and the biggest play, David Njoku, the touchdown, and then obviously in the overtime you get to Amari, and then you run it in with Nick Chubb. But that catch, given the circumstances, the difficulty of the catch, everything around that, where's that for you in terms of things that you've seen live in the National Football League? Yeah, it's pretty high up there just with what was at stake, you know, fourth down, where the time of the game, uh, the the coverage. I mean, he was getting pretty contacted pretty well. He was well. getting held. Well, I'll, I'll say it. He's you, on the you jersey. You say it. Yeah, I will. Uh, but to go up with your offhand, with your left hand, with where it was, I mean, that that is Dave. That's the Dave we do see at practice uh, where he's able to make catches like that. Uh, and but the moment when we needed it coming through, I mean that's Dave. Uh, what he's again another guy I could talk uh, for a long time. Just what he's meant to this football team from a leadership standpoint um, to go make that play was great. We'll get you out of here, Coach. Thank you so much for the time. And I thought his words last week, backed up by his action, very powerful from David Ajoku, and that's what you want to see out of your franchise tied in. Coach Kevin Stefanski, good luck on Sunday against the Texans. We'll be back with more of the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. This is Browns cornerback Denzel Ward. This is Browns wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones. This is Joel Batonio, and you're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show, all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Very happy now to be joined by Browns wide receiver, special teams ace all of a sudden, Anthony Schwartz. How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Just playing my role and just competing. What's this season been like for you? You know, the season's been kind of up and down, you know, especially with the whole team. Like, there's felt like there's things that didn't go our way. And just from that point, it's just been kind of frustrating on my end because of, I want to play, I want to contribute to the team. And when everything's not going well, I feel like there's something I could have done better to help us do help us do better. And so just been up and down, and, yeah, pretty much that's been the whole story. So you dealt with some adversity, right? You had some time where you're struggling catching the football a little bit, and obviously that would affect you mentally. But you stayed with it, and you did things in other aspects. We're going to talk about your touchdown. No, we're going to get to that. But the way that you have dedicated yourself to special teams, you've almost blocked a few punts. You were huge on non-side recovery. You were huge. You had the tackle on this one off the big punt from Corey, then they have the penalty, puts them back, changes field position. How did you decide, or what made you decide, I'm going to become great at this? Because you've been excellent on special teams. Well, special teams has always been a big deal to me. Coming back, going back into college, I got my, some of my first starts on special teams. So coming into the NFL, just whatever I needed to do, I want to do it to my best of my ability. And I know that special teams is a big part of getting on the field. And if I wasn't going to play an offense, I got to play on special teams. I got to contribute to something. And that's been... This is my thing is whatever I got to do to get on the field, I'm going to do it. And special teams, whether it's Gunner blocking the punt, playing corner on punt, blocking on kickoff, just trying to get, trying to do something to help the team win, that's what I want to do. When you think of a track star like you were, you think of a guy who, you know, you had the nine touchdowns and more than 50 yards at Auburn to speak at, you don't think somebody's going to go out there and, like, stick people. I would watch it. You laid some hits out there on special teams. You like being the tackler as opposed to being the guy getting tackled? Yeah, sometimes it feels fun being on the other side, you know. It's, it's better to deliver the hit than get hit, and so that's kind of the mindset going in. But at the same time, just going down there and just trying to make a play. So you've done the special teams. Do you think you're going to get a punt? I feel like you've been close a bunch of times. Are you going to get one of those? I need to get one. I feel, I'm, I feel like it's just it's there for the taking. It's just need that one. you got to be lucky sometimes, but I feel like there's a one break on the catch and just run through and block a punt. All right, let's talk about offensively for you this year. 
It's a little bit of a slow start. Obviously, he had a good good game in Carolina, then a little bit of a slow start. But then to get that play last week, to get that touchdown, I know you talked earlier, you said it was kind of like getting a monkey off your back. What was it like to get that first touchdown? And at what point when you got the ball, because when you turned the corner, it was wide open. Were you like, I'm getting to the house on this one? Oh, yeah. As soon as I turned the corner, it was just green grass in front of me, and I got a great block from Jacoby and Amari, and that kind of just made it, made it easy, I say. They made, they made my job easy. Was that the first time probably in the league that you felt like, oh, man, I'm back at Auburn, this is what I do? Yeah, pretty much. It just felt like back at Auburn just felt – that felt easy, I'll say. How about Jacoby giving that block to have a quarterback go down there and do that for you? Did you love that? Oh, yeah, I love that. You know, Jacoby's going to do anything to help the team win, and he's always been putting his body on the line, and that's one opportunity where he was able to deliver the blow. And it was just great. It was great. I saw it in the court of my eye, but, of course, I couldn't really – acknowledge it because I'm trying to score, but it was, it was a great thing. All right, so where are you at right now? Just because given you had some opportunities, but coming off of something positive like that, how are you feeling right now about your ability over the final six games to be a contributor to this team? Because you have something that nobody else has, right? You have game-changing speed, and we saw that last week. Yeah, I just want to build off last game, and whether that's, again, on offense or on special teams, just being able to contribute and play at my best, and I feel like whether it's on offense or special teams, whatever I'm asked to do, I want to do it to the best of my ability, and Hopefully it helped contribute to us getting getting more wins. Going back to training camp, I feel like you got on a, a pretty good page with Deshaun, and he's coming back to start this week. You know, kind of what's your rapport like been with him, and do you think that, you know, because Jacoby played great. There's nothing against Jacoby, but sometimes people have different rhythms. Do you feel like that you're going to be able to get in a good groove with Deshaun here for those final six games? I feel like, yeah, we can, especially because coming off the last, when he's able to come back at practice, I was pretty much getting all my reps with him, so we kind of had that little base and whether we're on the side just throwing I'll try to throw with him as much as I can because I know that if I'm not, I'm not I don't really get the most reps in during practice but I know with Deshaun comebacks that I need to get all the reps with him so I can be ready for when he comes back. Yeah, were you guys giving him the uh, the defense some fits there? It's a tough that's a tough scout team look for him to get a little Deshaun and Anthony Schwartz. Yeah just try to try to on show team just trying to show the best trying to help trying to of course we want to perform but us doing the, our best helps the defense prepare for like last week, what, how our defense was playing good last week, just helping doing that. Are you bigger than you were last year? Because I see you walking around, you look jacked. Like, have you changed? Have you, do you feel like you've changed your body a little bit or, or been able to add some muscle with this strength team? I feel like I was able to add a little bit of muscle. Still kind of, still a little bit on the smaller side, but I feel like I've... Relative to, like, giants. I mean, this is, a, this is an abnormal group of human beings, but, I mean, you're a big dude. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I've gotten a little bit. I feel that a little bit more since last year. Has that helped you, especially doing kind of the special team stuff? Oh, yeah, it has helped me be able to play, play more, play more with strength instead of just worrying about just finesse and speed, being able to add a little bit more strength to my game. And I know that will probably catch other teams off guard, too, because then I expect me to come down, and, come down and put my hands on them. When you think about kind of your career, you're still young in your career. It's only year two. You know, do you feel like you are close to kind of turn the corner and being the player that, you know, they drafted you to be that you know you can be and we saw a glimpse of certainly last week? I feel like, yeah, it's just all about just being consistent and building off of it and staying, staying upbeat, staying positive, and just going day by day and winning each day. And I feel like if I keep doing that, I can turn that corner and improve and become the guy that I want to be and the guy that the team needs me to be. Absolutely, Anthony. Great job last week. Looking forward to more of it, and congrats. Thank you. I appreciate it. Really enjoyed talking with Anthony Schwartz, and you can be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL by joining the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Wrapping it up when we return to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. 
I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Browns fans, get into First Energy Stadium quicker on game days with Express Access presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus, each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you will be automatically entered for a chance to win a Browns autographed item. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Stock up, step up real quick. Deshaun Watson, all eyes are on you as the Browns starting quarterback is ready to go. Defense, step up against a bad offense, and we should get it. Coming your way this Sunday, 9 a.m., Cleveland Browns game day with Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. 11 a.m., Cleveland Browns kickoff show with Andy Baskin, Tyvis Powell, and Ken Carmen. And at 1 o'clock, kickoff with Jim Donovan, Gerard Cherry, and yours truly, Nathan Zagura, live from NRG Stadium in Houston. Thanks to our producer, Meredith Kane, executive producer, Jason Gibbs. Thank you for listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Join us next week at this time for more from the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.